Welcome everybody to episode 4 of the Valkyrie Cast, a podcast about movies, TV, and video games. I'm your host Matt, along with me are my co-hosts Drew. What's up everybody? And Tommy. Cowabunga dude. (laughs) Cowabunga, I like it. Cowabunga, totally tubular. Okay, anyway, today is our part two of our E3 coverage. In part one, we talked about the EA conference and the Microsoft conference. In part two, we're going to continue the major conferences, including Bethesda, Ubisoft, Sony, and Nintendo. Now, because there were more conferences since the last time we recorded, we won't be able to go into quite as much detail as we did with the other episode, but we are going to hit the major points and talk about some of the things we were most excited about. So... Let's dive on in, starting off with the Bethesda conference. Now, Bethesda had this cool little Bethesda land theme, which I kind of enjoyed because they had this like cartoon theme park that they used to transition between their different stuff. And I thought it made the conference flow pretty well. You know, I also nice think fun like their thing. live booth was carnival themed. Like I think they brought in like a yeah. uh, what is it, a Ferris wheel and everything else and gave like popcorn and like fallout shaped balloon guys. It was kind of fun. Nice, that's awesome. And so during the conference, they talked. They started out talking about VR, and two of the biggest things with VR is they're coming out with a Doom VR, which is called Doom VFR. Don't really know what the F stands for. And um, Doom's been really fun. Tommy, you've played the first one, right? Yeah, I mean, I played Doom back in the day, and then uh, most recently, you know, I played the one that they they released. Uh, was it late last year, earlier this year? Um, for I played it on the PC and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. A lot of people love the new Doom, and this one is—they've um, used this mechanic in a couple of other VR games, where you use the joysticks on your touch controls um, to like point a line, and then there's like an arrow at the end of the line, and when you point it to a spot, that's where you like teleport to. Um, I know it was used in a game called Robo Recall for Oculus. It works really well. It's a little weird to get used to. But um, that's what they're using for that. The other VR game is Fallout 4 VR. Now, this is the full game in VR, which kind of is a little bit mind-blowing to me. Um, I think that would be a crazy game to play in VR. But the only thing is, if you want to play it in VR, you're going to have to buy the whole game over again. And that's one thing I know, Drew, you said you're not a big fan of that idea. No, I mean, I get it at the same time, but I just... I feel like Bethesda has a way of making me want to buy the same game I've already bought over and over again for like slight changes. And that being said, like it's probably a massive overhaul. Um, but I think it's sixty bucks, like the rest of the game. And uh, I don't know. I I think it'd be cool. I literally was just thinking getting into power armor in uh, Fallout Four in VR, in VR would be pretty epic. So. I mean, I'm going to get an Oculus at some point this year. That's my plan, hopefully, Lord willing, if my wife is cool on board with that and we can do that. Um, just be cool, wife. Just yeah, be cool. She, yeah, she is cool. She'll probably let it happen. And, uh, but there's so many cool, interesting games, and I just I don't know if $60 on Fallout, which I've already experienced, unless it's just amazing. And maybe it is. We'll see what happens. But, uh, I mean, I think it's cool we're getting like a full-length AAA game in VR. That I don't think that's happened that's quite true. yet. I mean, I in the, this kind this of way. one of the first ones. There may be others, but not not a big title like Fallout. I don't think. Mm. Yeah. Some um, DLC we've got coming out or expansions. We've got Dishonored Two is getting a DLC called The Death of the Outsider. I hear those games are really fun. Always wanted to play them, never got a chance to. Um, 
Elder Scrolls Online is also introducing Morrowind, which is another region, and I know that was in. Is that is was that from the game that was titled Morrowind, or is that where a blue? Yeah, that is? was. I think Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. So like Elder Scrolls Five was Skyrim, and you were in Skyrim, and this is Morrowind. It's to the east. It's pretty and cool. I know so that, the Dark Elves I know are from. I know that's huge. And one thing, cool thing, I I didn't play Elder Scrolls when that was the game, um, but. I can imagine people who grew up playing that having this coming out for Elder Scrolls Online and them reworking these places you've already been to would be the coolest thing ever. So I know a lot of people are really excited about that. Um, I think that's out now. Yeah, it is. So, I think it just launched like right when E3 was starting. So yeah, very cool. Cool things. Elder Scrolls Online. We never really got into it because, you know, what was it? the combat was a little different. I think people who got used to Skyrim didn't care for on Elder Scrolls Online as much because they had they kind of changed it up how it played and not necessarily a bad thing. I know at least for our group that was that was the one hang up. Um, the other thing that they announced is Creation Club, which is where basically outside studios and other people can create uh, basically mods for the games like Fallout 4, which Bethesda is the first ones to start doing mods with the console games. The problem with this is they're charging for these kind of things, and I think it's kind of limiting, limiting if not completely excluding free mods, which is kind of crazy if you are used to mods on PC being completely free. That's that's kind of what they are, and um, I know a lot of people aren't happy about that. Drew, you said something about them trying it before, right? Uh, evidently, and I, d- I don't keep up with this, but somebody who is a PC gamer was telling me the other day they were really kind of just put off by it. Um, and their biggest thing was they've tried this crap before and the entire community just was in an uproar about it. So they were kind of like, all right, all right, we won't do it. And they, they had the sense that, you know, Bethesda was going to do it again, um, back down from it, but we'll see. I mean, if Bethesda has done this before and they've tried it before and they're trying it again, I mean, they're trying to make money and, you know, then today they're a company, that's what they're trying to do. But I know it puts a bad taste in people's mouth. I know like. Talking about modding, I think Grand Theft Auto just got, like, pissed a lot of people off because they shut down, like, a big modding server. Tommy, you play Grand Theft Auto, don't you? Yep. Uh, do you know anything about that? No, this is actually first I've heard of it. I know they just dropped some DLC a couple days ago, but I'm a little behind on Grand Theft Auto news. Yeah, well, the same same thing is this. I think they kind of sent a cease and desist letter to somebody who's been making grand theft auto mods for free for get for grand theft auto forever and uh the community's real frustrated and upset about that i get it yeah, i mean that's not cool I, I see both sides of it don't get me wrong like i see why companies you know they make these games and then these mods take off and i mean look at player unknown battleground i mean he's he made a mod for an arma game and now he's found this game type and everything else that's you know going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars and everything else is blown up so i get why they want to have some control and get into that but at the same time like i also understand it's always been free um i think it's a great way to buy the game to get before they can even use the mods so i feel like mods are just going to want you know bring more people Mm -hmm. to the game absolutely and it's a to me a a mod is a really great indication of what the players want to see I remember yeah. playing Battlefield 1942 back in the day, and uh, I can't remember the name of the mod, but there was a essentially it was a modern day combat mod that um, was huge. I mean, it was one of the it was the biggest mod out there. And then the next game, you know, 
well not the next game they put out because they did the Vietnam but anyways we ended up getting that game essentially and I think it was just a great way to let people know what we're looking for like what is popular what what works amongst the crowd um now my one curiosity is if bethesda is charging for these mods on the console are the content creators getting any kickback at all yeah that's That's what i don't know yeah it's a little hazy and i think bethesda is getting some flack because of that like they haven't quite explained all of that and you know it just seems like they're trying to be greedy which you know that's not cool Mm mm-hmm Another big announcement they did is Skyrim's getting released again, this time for the Nintendo Switch, which we knew about because they showed it at some of the earlier Nintendo stuff, especially when the Switch launched, we saw Skyrim on it. So we knew it was coming. What we didn't know is there was going to be some sort of motion controls. Seems like you can use the little Joy-Cons and use a bow and arrow or maybe swing a sword. How well that works, we're not really sure. Um, One of the things I think it's cool is they're using they're doing amiibo support so if you've got legend of zelda amiibos you can put it on your uh, switch and get like the master sword in game and like Link's outfit which i think is super super cool i think it's a clever way to one sell their little amiibo figures but like get really cool in-game gear i think that's great um they talked a long time about quake which they brag about being the beginning of esports which you know it's true to an extent and if you don't know what Quake is, it's a really fast-paced action shooter. Um, the reason they talked about it so much is because they announced the Quake World Championship, August 29th at QuakeCon. And the grand prize is $1 million. So I'm sure a lot of people will be trying to go for that. So that might be actually something interesting to watch. I might check that out because I'm sure they'll be doing a live stream of that. Um one other big game they announced is The Evil Within 2, and I describe this as Kojima meets Silent Hill meets Resident Evil, which I, I know, mean, Tommy, you thought said, that sounds amazing. I'm, I'm totally in. It's so, terrifying. Yeah, it's, oh, it's so scary and so I've trippy. Never, and I've so never weird. seen a like scary or a game trailer that was so scary that included the color white as much as that trailer did, but it, it was, was really terrifying. Bright. It was really bright, and I still was terrified. And Tommy, you had, you had kind of mentioned something, asking if it was VR. We have no confirmation if it's VR, which, whew, scary games and VRs. Not a I fan. So. No, I'm I'm totally game. I don't even Tommy like scary games. games. No, I'm I'm a I am um, as we've discussed elsewhere. We're all big scaredy cats. Um, but <laughs> like, I mean, Resident e- the newest Resident Evil. No, I take it back. PT. I don't know if you guys played PT. Uh, I don't think I did. It, it was a PlayStation 4 exclusive. It was basically this... Uh, it stands for uh, Private Teaser or Private Trailer or whatever. And um, mm. it was this obscure game, mini game, little puzzle game. Um, and it was horrifying. Just oh, God. Absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Hearing you say that just makes me know it's scary. It was amazing. Oh, uh, and last but not least, the biggest thing they announced to me was Wolfenstein 2, which this was really interesting way of, of they showed like these like, you know, 1960s uh, TV commercials with all this like weird extra stuff. And there's like this 
giant mech dog and then there was like a cat monkey thing and so the the gist of <laughs> wolfenstein it was weird there's like a, it was a monkey but it had a I, cat didn't, I don't remember the cat monkey thing but i believe it was you. like in the in the trailer it was like it starts out showing um like tv commercials and stuff and then you start getting an idea this is this is a weird world and like the nazis are in charge and whatnot and then it shows like a cat monkey was playing around on the remote and stuff See, i i, I, I miss oh, i do remember that now Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't remember that portion, um, but hearing you say it makes me think of Cat Dog. Cat Dog. <laughs> oh man. Cat Dog. That show. How did that, that not come up show. in our like kid TV show episode? That uh, that's show. actually that and the Angry Beavers. How did the Angry yes. Beavers? Oh. I love the Angry Beavers. Oh man, there you go. Nickelodeon Two extra shows that we missed from our episode a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so yeah, Wolfenstein Two looks really good. Germans win World War Two and. Basically, it's about a guy and his wife's pregnant, so he wants to join the revolution and kind of fight back against the Nazis. It looks really good. The trailer is absolutely worth uh, a check out. Um, Drew, you actually bought the first game because you thought it looked so good, right? Yeah, yeah it was on Steam sale, and uh, I was like, I'll pick this up. It's awesome. You play as that guy, by the way, so it's the same okay. guy. So it's that's the same neat. guy. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. I can't pronounce his last name. It's something with a B. I think his name is BJ, um, but anyways, it's really fun. It's it's crazy because I've been playing so much Player Unknown and Destiny and just more modern shooters, and then I started playing that like literally earlier this afternoon, and it's like, oh man, this is like old school, real fast. You've got to pick up health and armor, but it's fun, and the world they introduce is really really interesting. It, I, it reminds me of Man in High Castle meets kind of steampunk vibes like like if the nazis won the war and then they let the mad scientists run wild that's kind of what it reminds oh me of um that, and that's Tommy, a good you, would, describing you, it. you would like this game and, and maybe you should pick it up both of y'all should because that's like i just played through, uh, it, i don't know if it is anymore but it's only 20 dollars. i think just regular price but mm-hmm. um like the very first mission was was really fun shooting wise it kind of had like a doom vibe to it which would make sense since the same people and uh, there were some really scary parts to it as well. And the story is really interesting. That's what somebody told me. They're like, it's a really fun shooter that has a really good story. And those seem to be harder and harder to find sometimes I'm uh, always in this modern to, era. I meant to pick it up because, I I mean, I played the original, like, 2D. With, like, Mecha Hitler? Is that what I'm yeah, thinking of? Is that Mecha where that's Hitler. from? Mecha Hitler's from, like, the original Wolfenstein? Uh, I believe so. Which was, like, it was, like, so basically, too. like, Doom, right? Just a skin for Doom. Yeah okay nice so yeah so that that was the bethesda conference you know a lot of the a lot of games coming out with vr a lot of games they've had out coming out on different consoles some dlc and then of course wolfenstein seems to be the biggest thing so i think i think that's what stuck out to me the most um what about you guys what 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 was the biggest thing that stuck out to y'all wolfenstein for me it just like the trailer they showed looked it was very very intriguing mm-hmm. um, and I'm also intrigued by Fallout in VR I also think they announced later on at some event that Skyrim VR is a thing as well um, I'm interested in that too um, so we'll see I mean yes, Skyrim's going to be that, around till our dying day that's something that was announced later on we'll get to because that was at the Sony conference so that's definitely something we'll get to here in a little bit so next, the next big conference we had was the Ubisoft conference, or as some people pronounce it, Ubisoft. But 
I just pronounce it Ubisoft. So if you're one of those people that are really picky about that stuff, I apologize. But um, would, Tommy, Tommy is going to spearhead this and kind of run us through what happened at the Ubisoft conference. So Tommy, take it away. All right. So uh, I'm going to just kind of go over this briefly because um, that's not true. Uh, so Ubisoft <laughs> has announced a lot of games that I'm I'm actually super excited for. Uh, and surprisingly so is one that I never thought would first off be a combination, let alone a combination that works. You have Mario and Rabbids. Uh, what is, uh, it's like Rayman spinoff, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like Rabbid Rapid, or Rabbid Rabbits was, uh, I think there were two of them. They were just these really fun Wii games where you have just a bunch of mini games you competed it's completely ridiculous. It was just really fun to play with a group of friends. And so now we have Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Um, looks like a strategy turn-based game that just... It looks like another great game that just you and a couple friends sit around on a Saturday afternoon, you know, drinking lemonade and <laughs> cake. Because <laughs> that's what I do on my Saturday afternoons. I drink lemonade and eat cake and play video games. <laughs> Get <laughs> yes. So this this Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle actually leaked months ago. So people this has been, been something that's been it. out, and people have just been hating on it because of the whole concept. They're just like, this is the weirdest thing to mix together. And then so it came out, and now everybody's like, this looks great. What happened? And I think I heard somebody saying that you know it's a good thing it did leak because. We kind of got used to the idea and got to go, oh, well, this is going to be stupid. And then so we knew it was got dropped way, so way when down. It came out, when it came out and we got to see the gameplay, we're like, oh, wow, that, that actually looks like it's going to be pretty good. And can you imagine if we had no idea this was coming out and Ubisoft walked out there and went, Mario and Rabbids? And we were like, what? Yeah. Go ahead, Tommy. No, 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 go for it. <laughs> I, my favorite part of this whole thing is I, I was reading and someone's like, it's like XCOM with Mario. And I've never played XCOM, but I n- understand the general gameplay. Like, you have, like, a team of players and you move them around and it's, like, turn-based. It's almost like a board game, kind of, strategy-wise. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, with Rabbids and Marios. And above all that, it looks like it could be a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. And my other favorite thing was... Um, Miyamoto just like shows up and does like his dramatic entrance with like this like Mario gun thing they have in the game and I don't know he just is like living the dream that guy and he didn't even show up for the Nintendo stuff so like this this was now the Nintendo was a Nintendo Direct so it wasn't like at E3 um but this was this was kind of cool that he was actually at E3 with Ubisoft and I know that was huge for the guy who came out to announce it with Miyamoto because I think they said that you know He's 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 younger. He grew up playing Mario games and stuff, so I'm sure that was huge for him. Drew, you said he cried, right? Yeah, I, I was I was reading an article and it shows this clip of like one of the developers, like the lead developer, like he's getting teary eyed as Miyamoto saying he's played the game and it's a lot of fun and, and it's going to be great. And uh, it's just one of I'd these. I'd cry if that happened. Yeah, oh, yeah, I would too. Like, um, I mean, I think that's cool. Like, especially in this. I mean, we've been watching all these press conferences. They're all staged to the nines. Like, everything's strategically planned. When Phil Spencer announced something, he's got that little slide grin because he knows the audience is going to erupt in applause. Um, this was, like, a genuine moment of, like, this guy's been working his butt off for years, 
and all of a sudden, like a, a, a dream he had when he was like eight or something just came true. Like mm-hmm. he got to make a game, a Mario game, and the creator of Mario just said it's amazing. Like that's that's amazing and and really cool to see in the midst of all the corporate hype and you know what video games have become and E three has become marketing everything. Just this moment of genuine like pride that he's made something really cool and the maker of Mario, like you know the guy who really almost invented the video game industry like we know it today, like was saying, it's great. That's cool. That's really neat to me. Mm-hmm. And something we probably should have clarified at the beginning, if you don't know what the rabbits are, they're rabbits from the Rayman game, and they're basically like the minions from um, Despicable Me. That's, that's, that's to me, the best <laughs> way a... of describing them. They're yeah. basically minions. And so in this game, they're all the rabbits are dressed up like the Mario characters. So you've got rabbits dressed like Mario and one dressed as Peach acting all girly and one dressed as Luigi being all shy and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see that. The one thing I want from this, the one thing I want to see is I want to see Rayman just show up because the rabbits came from the Rayman games. I won't like if there's a story mode or something i want the rabbits doing some kind of mischief and mario and them getting in trouble and all of a sudden like over mario's shoulder rayman shows up and like kicks one of them or whatnot and then you can play rayman as the a character or maybe he's like a character you unlock after beating the game i just think that would be super super cool to do and really what fun. if uh what if he's the villain that's what i was <sighs> just thinking dun 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 the <laughs> All right, so next up from Ubisoft, we have Crew 2, uh, which is basically just a motorsports game. This one's got cars, it's got bikes, it's got boats, it's got planes. Um, it's got all the like motors. Cars. We yeah. got the car. You like bikes? We got the bikes. Uh, I, I really like- I really liked, or well, let me rephrase this. Let me, let me back up. When the first crew was announced a couple E3s ago, I thought it looked really, really good. As somebody who likes racing games, but just, you know, every once in a while, it looked really customizable, but I never bought it. But it was free one week for Games with Gold. So when I got it and I played it, and my biggest gripe with the gr- with the crew, and I don't know if it was maybe something with the, every time I've played, but the menus take forever to load. So, so long. like just to go yeah. to your map and figure out where the heck you are and where you need to go took like a solid thirty seconds to a minute, which is just crazy too long. And yeah. so if if they fix that, I would probably buy this game, especially them including bikes and planes and boats, because to me, an open world with just stuff like that kind of like grand theft auto but with a more focus on these vehicles and stuff i think sounds like a great idea i agree i mean i i had the same problem with crew and i actually think i i got it at the same time you did because it was a mm-hmm. xbox gold thing um i mean the gameplay was really fun yeah mm-hmm. for, for a racing game you know I, I think the last time i played a racing game like that was midnight club on the playstation 2 hey um, but uh yeah i'm you know i i'm impressed i i want to see how the graphics hold up i want to see how the gameplay is i don't know if i'd buy it just because i i don't know um i'll probably buy it used if i were to buy it just yeah racing games just aren't really my thing but you know props to them because it it looks like a good game it looks like they took the core idea of the first game because I'm, i'm with you guys like I thought the first game, what it did really well was, you know, they had the whole open world USA. And that was cool that you could drive from New York to Miami and like some semblance of what it's like in real life. Um, it wasn't exactly like that, but that was kind of cool. So like, 
you know, I think they have a great concept and I think if they can just improve some of the kind of framework of it, it could be something really special. Because I think I think the crew is the game too that like as you played, you got like it was almost like a almost like an MMO. Like you got better stuff for your car. It was like a like a yeah. loot run. Like as you're doing things, you're getting better like exhaust systems and better tires and brakes and stuff. Like you're upgrading your car as you go. Like that whole concept seems really cool. And you're playing with your friends and remember it was like social the implementation of some of the systems just didn't work quite as well. That's what I remember about it. So maybe they can get it right. Planes sounds exciting too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. Yep, so, I agree. Um, the next thing I want to talk about, I'm going to just kind of keep short because I don't really know what to say about this, but Elijah Wood came out and talked about transference. And it's just this... Uh, I don't know if anybody really knows what it is. We, we, we some... don't know what it is. Yeah. Basically, Elijah Woods has, you know, he's very in, he's very into video games. I think he actually has his own now studio, game, like video game studio. It's called Frodo and Studios because so... he's really missing an opportunity. Not naming it Frodo Studios. They <laughs> uh, should have called it Mithril or something like that. That would have been cool. Frodo but um, basically, all we really know is VR it's got something to do with storytelling in the human brain and it's the the trailers are really really trippy so the game will probably be really trippy but we just don't know hardly anything about it so what you what know, do you go ahead tommy i was just gonna say what what i find interesting um i don't know if any of you guys follow uh neil blomkamp um the guy who did like chappie and district nine and all yeah, that yeah, yeah. he was supposed yeah. to do the halo movie but then he's done district nine and chappie and yeah Elysium well and... he actually started a thing that teaming up with steam yeah i remember um, this i can't remember dude, what it's called um i'm trying to double check it's i think it's just called oats um hmm. i've not heard about this or something in oats oats studios um and I, I don't fully know. I, I haven't been able to kind of wrap my brain around what he's doing. I know he's releasing a bunch of short films. And I think for him, this is supposed to be like an artistic expression. Um, I kind of can't help but wonder how similar. The, I, I don't know. It feels yeah. very. It does feel similar to that. Non-coincidental. Um, th- these two things, except. I love VR. Elijah Wood is kind of weird, and so I'm really looking forward to what he comes up with. Let me ask you this to you guys this, because this is kind of the heart of what this whole thing's about. Like, what what storytelling can you do with VR that you can't do with like just regular video? Anything come to mind right away? Yeah, uh, actually. Um, Ridley Scott did a VR experience for um, Alien Covenant. Ooh. And and I, I guess in some ways there's not a whole lot that you can't do except that you now have this freedom with VR. Yeah. Literally having 360 degrees to look around um, and experience things is a little bit more. Um, I, there's a, I guess the, the problem is there's a lot you can do with VR I don't think that at this time video game developers have really pushed it where it, where it can go. I've heard of um, people like med students now who are using VR technology in class where yeah. they can put on this headset and then look at a human heart and 
poke their head in and and just be really exploratory um, with something that uh, you can't, uh, I guess, rather easily. It's not easily accessible in real life. You can't <laughs> human can't heart. Here go. we go. Poke around in somebody's heart. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so I, I think there's a lot of avenues of what can be explored and how we can explore that kind of stuff. And it's, it's interesting too with VR versus um, just like, let's say a regular film. Um, if you've got a VR headset on and somebody walks up behind you and pushes you. No. <laughs> I mean, your body thinks you're falling if you're watching a film and somebody times it right and they push you, your brain doesn't think you're falling. There's no, there's no suspension of, there's no, it's not as immersive. So I I really do think that VR has the opportunity to really physically immerse you. Um, I don't think that we're there yet in the video game world, but I am really excited to see that level when it's obtained. It feels like the Mm -hmm. technology is finally getting to a point where you can do some, really immersive stuff like i remember i think matt you were telling me about like a, a climbing game demo you did and like you slipped in the game and like oh, your your body yeah. physically thought that happened so yeah when i was I, I demoed of oculus which instantly made me want one and the reason i actually bought one was i demoed a game called climb which is literally just a mountain climbing game and you have the little oculus touch controllers that literally it blows my mind how well like the the buttons move the hands and fingers in the game so it, it you you your brain gets really used to the idea of having hands in the game so when you're climbing and i missed something and when i fell i looked down and my character just kept falling and it was really really trippy and it was really cool and like i can imagine if i'd got bumped in that moment i probably would have screamed <laughs> that's a good example so so we'll see whatever you know, it could be a re- unique use of VR. Won't know until we hear more about it. All right. And so I think this is probably my favorite announcement personally. We have Skull and Bones. Arg. It is a pirate game. Um, to me, I don't know about you guys, this looks a lot like... Uh, the best parts of Black Flag. Oh yeah, that's, that's like exactly what I thought of. It's like they just took the, um, the pirate ship combat and sailing around and made a game out of it. And I'm just like, yes, please, yeah, please. I'm okay with it. Like that's to me. I felt like Black Flag didn't have enough of that. Um, I'd agree. And so a game that is solely this. And what I thought was interesting too, um, I really thought it was interesting that the trailer was female centric around mm. like a um like a female captain of the pirate ship. Um the gameplay footage didn't seem to have that, but I'm wondering if I'm wondering if they're going to you know open up for you to really create your character and not have yeah. a predetermined person like we have in, you know, Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Have you seen the trailer? I'm on the fence about it. And when I heard about it, I was exciting be excited because Black yeah words black flag was my favorite assassin's creed and the last one i really enjoyed but the reason i'm on the fence about it is it seems like it's only pvp which i'm fine with you know i don't need a super crazy pirate 
you know, story or anything. Although if we had that, I'd be totally down. But the thing that I'm iffy about, and this is just me, I no one else may feel this way, but like it looks like it's literally just the ship combat and you can't like control your individual character. Like one of my favorite things with the ship combat is once you get a ship down, you actually got to jump over as your character and like fight the other pirates and stuff and kill them all. And it doesn't look like they have that. We see them board the ship, but I'm pretty sure it's just an animation. It's just when you're like stealing their booty or whatnot. And so I, I'm excited about it, but for me, I think, I, I think since the actual ship combat, you know, wasn't necessarily my favorite thing. Like I loved it. It was awesome, but I don't think I loved it enough to buy a game of just that. So if I wanted that, I think I'd just go back and play black flag because at that point when I get bored of blowing up ships, I can literally just jump out and go to an Island with my character. And you know, that's just me. It, it makes me go, that's cool. But I'm still a little more excited for sea of thieves because there seems to be a lot more piratey stuff I can do. But like I said, that's, that's mostly just me. You know, I'm on the fence about it because of that. Yeah. I, um, I'm excited about it. I, I think we need more pirate games. I think, you know, all these pirate games in the series three is fun. Um, I did read an article, Matt yesterday, I think, Somebody was interviewing yes. some of the developers, and I think they've hinted pretty heavily at that there'll be a story mode as well. I can see now that, that I'm down with. Yeah, that like if, if I think I think Creed, yeah, and I think they just stuff. yeah, and I think they just you know I, I appreciated the what they showed was actual in game gameplay. I always appreciate that where it's not just a rendered uh, the movie display, um, and also I. You know, there's a there's a PC game I actually played a few times called Dreadnoughts, which is kind of a similar PvP take. Like you, you're a group, you're a team, but you each have different ships, and they all have like kind of different roles, and you kind of work together. Um, it's really fun because you can have like a, one that can shoot from really far away, and you got one that can just tank if they need to. And um, my favorite ship out of all the ones that shows the one that you can just ram through ships. Like that <laughs> seems like fun. Um, yeah, but I did that a lot in Assassin's Creed. I, I think they bring a they bring a decent story to it, single player story, and they make the multiplayer really fun. And I could totally see like us all being on different ships and going in and blowing apart some other pirates. That sounds like a lot of fun to me. Tommy, you mm-hmm. what you you're you're hyped about it? I mean, as as hyped as I can be, uh, I'll give Matt one thing that uh, at least the mechanics from Ubisoft side the ship battles could probably get old really mm-hmm. quickly depending on the level of control we have and how in depth it goes but at the same time um i'm picturing at least one if not two killer weekends oh yeah uh, oh yeah <laughs> and that's true it might be different you know playing with the team because you know me being in a ship and then going drew you're in the faster ship go over that way and flank that guy or whatnot well, tommy You've got the the sniper ship. Take these guys out. That 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 new aspect may change my mind about it. Well, and I'll I say this until to you, I, play I, pre- I appreciate Ubisoft. You know, multiplayer is probably not their strong suit across the board. Um, but I but I always do appreciate that they think very that they think differently about multiplayer. I remember when the first Assassin's Creed game that had multiplayer came out, it was so different. Like you had to like sneak around and wait and try to assassinate other members. And it was slow and methodical. And I didn't play it a lot, but the few times I did, it was just so new and different, but it's interesting. So who knows? I'm with you, Tommy. I think we'll have at least a few fun weekends of ramming ships and 
Mm-hmm. Getting the booty. Arg. <laughs> hey guys, what's the pirate's favorite letter? R. I'm not doing this. <laughs> you would think, but it's actually the C. <laughs> dad jokes. You're not even a dad. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. All right. All right. Continue so, on, Tommy. All right. Um so I've got I've got two more left that I want to talk about and we'll kind of wrap this up. Uh the next one, we've got Far Cry 5. Now, I mean, have you guys played Far Cry? I've Any? never played Far Cry games. They look fun, I've, but I've just never played one. I've played a little bit of 3, I think. I know they're really good. I just never played them a lot. And I know 3 was amazing. I know 4 was really good too, and I know Primal a lot of people were disappointed in. Yeah, I I'm actually the same. I played a little bit of three, and uh, I think my little sister has just been like, "Hey, you need you need to play Far Cry Four. You you need to <laughs> you, you need to play you need to play these games." And uh, I'd love to. I just my time is in Battlegrounds right now. Um, <laughs> but you know, from my understanding, all of the other Far Cry games have been kind of post-apocalyptic. So this seems to be a step in a different direction. Um, but I'm actually really intrigued by this idea of like a fanatic cult. Yeah. It can either be really cliche or really unique. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, mostly because I live in the South and I'm like, man, this would never happen because everybody's got guns down here and we would just, we just, we just take care of this, which I guess maybe that's the whole premise. Like they're not calling in extra help. Just a few good old boys are going to take care of this. So, the, so the government doesn't have to, I don't know. It looks really interesting. Like, the, no Far Cry game has ever made me be like, hmm, that's an interesting concept. This one has. Um, I agree. I think it's either going to go well or not go well. I don't think there's much middle ground. It's either going to be really good or, or really like, meh. Yeah. I know so, a lot of people online, there's a group that's, you know, hating on it, the whole concept of it. But for the most part, these are just the kind of people who are always looking for something to complain about. But I'm with you. I'm with you, Drew. Like, we, the three of us, we, we're from the south we live in the these kind of you know this this kind don't, of culture don't let me in with you guys i live here i'm not from here don't <laughs> okay i apologize <laughs> we all live here now drew and i grew up in the south tommy understands what the culture's like so like seeing this kind of culture it is it is it's got that red dawn vibe um of like oh this happens like what would happen if this happened and it's like we always talk about like oh for real like that wouldn't happen around here because like we would just take care of it ourselves. That's just how it is. And so it's kind of cool. I'm down with a game like that of, of, of just something crazy is happening in a community and the people are just like, yeah, no, I'm done with this. So uh, we're just going to fight back ourselves. Yeah, And I will say that I don't think it's even in the South. I think it's like, supposed to be like Montana or something. Yeah. So Montana, but I I mean, when I say, when I say the South, I mean like the culture that the, the country that out, you know, out there community the country kind of yeah. that mentality. Yeah. It's it looks similar. like a wild ride, man. Like I think also I know like they, they hinted a lot at like co-op and kind of using, you know, this for hire system where you can have like strategic, like using different people and you got a dog and you got a friend. I mean, I'm all about, I know we all are all about co-op games. So I don't know. It looks interesting. Like I, I may get it. I may get into this far cry. I've never played another one, but this looks like a interesting place to jump in at. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think uh, I think I'm gonna do the same. Mm-hmm. All right, and to wrap up our Ubisoft announcement, um, we're gonna talk a little bit about Beyond Good and Evil Two, mm. um, which I 
did a little research. I, I'd never even heard of the first one. It's an old GameCube game from, I think, like 2003. It's like an adventure type game. Quick question. Has anyone played it in this group? Because I've not. I have not played it, and I didn't really know what it was when I heard it. I've recognized the name, and I've known it's kind of like one of these Half-Life 3, like, it's never going to happen game that's been in development hell forever. But then when I looked it up... I remember, I recognize it. Like, I recognize seeing it instantly when I typed in Beyond Good of Evil and I saw the main character Jade and the pig guy. I was like, oh, I know what this is. I've seen a lot of this. I think I may have, I don't know if I ever played it, but I know I'm very, I'm familiar with it and I know how, how much of a cult classic it is. And the sequel has been, you know, in development for a long time and never really got going. And I know this was a huge surprise. Yeah, I can only imagine if you've been waiting since 2003, uh, it's kind of like Doom forever. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I'm i interested. I'm intrigued. Uh, you know, I, I think right now it's in zero-day development, so, it, you, you know, there's no in-game footage to show us. But um, if I understand right, it's a solar system simulator. Like, it's... Um, with big giant space yeah, yeah it's stuff. it's in the first game evidently was more of like an adventure action adventure type game and they're they're, they're trying to make this just sounds like real next gen so trying to do a lot of different things i was reading an article where basically like the idea of the game is you can be in like this small bar like hanging out real intimate space kind of like they showed in the the kind of trailer animated trailer thing they showed and then you can go into the city and then on top of a skyscraper and then jump in a ship and leave the atmosphere and get in a bigger ship and go to another planet and like all that's seamless and people can drop in and drop out which sounds really cool if they can actually make it work i just don't i have yet to see a game that can do that i mean destiny said it was going to do some of the stuff like that other games have said similar things along those lines i've just not seen it happen yet wasn't there another game at last E3? That yeah, was it was something cool. kind of that same idea. I, I think it was called like No Man's Sky. Yeah. <laughs> um, Don't you put that curse on us, Tommy. Stop <laughs> saying whatever you're about to say. Just just stop. Just, just... All I'm going to say is I hope they do it better than they did. I will, I will say the one thing... Yeah, I will say the one thing I read about this that really kind of piqued my interest was the kind of creator guy was t- saying like, and I'm sure this sounds better in French. I don't even know the saying because he's a you know French guy he says everything in English and this cool French accent. All those cool Ubisoft guys. Um, he was saying like the reward for the game is is the people you meet. Like that's the core idea of the game is that like the reward for the game is the people you meet and they want to build this game that every single person from a pizza delivery guy to like a starship captain are these really interesting, fascinating characters that you just want to know about their backstory and what's going on and everything else. And um, I'll tell you this, like looking at some of the concept art and even that little animated thing they saw, uh, they showed at E3, like it's a universe I'm really interested about. Like it just seems very different from almost everything other sci-fi universe I've seen before. It's, It's got, it's just interesting vibe. Like I want to know more about it, and uh, you know, it's definitely piqued my interest. I'm I'm curious to see what it's going to be whenever it comes out, if it ever comes out. Right, y'all y'all know I've talked many times. My one of my big pet peeves of E3 
is is the the these big developers coming out and showing like something crazy about a game and everybody losing their mind and then after it's all said and done and everyone's cooled down they're like so when are we getting it and they're like oh we haven't started it yet looking at you kingdom hearts 3 but this is like <laughs> one of those this is one of those those examples that i don't mind because it's such a big yeah. big cult classic that like and it looks like it's going to be so big and and possibly be a while till it comes out but it looks like one of those game changer game changing games and without knowing anything about it the trailer made me want to know more like you said drew about this universe about this game and just makes me want to jump right in and so if you if you're like us and you don't know anything about it go watch the trailer it's hilarious it makes me want them to like come out with a cgi movie of this world like this i think it would be really great but yeah it's gonna be awesome it's interesting so i don't i don't mind it being you know very early stages of development since it's one of those games so that is all of ubisoft exciting stuff they um i think ubisoft a lot of people were like saying that they were had one of the best conferences and i think i'd agree with them that was a, it was a good conference they had a lot of really good stuff well, you know, that was before the Nintendo conference, but we'll get there. That's true. We haven't gotten a Nintendo conference. But before we get to the Nintendo conference, we've got the Sony conference. And I got to say, Sony kept it pretty short and concise. I think their conference was right about an hour. Um, they they kept went through all their stuff pretty good. Um, I know the last couple of years they've had really, really good conferences that people have lost their minds over. Um, so... I know they had a lot to live up to, and they they had some really pretty good stuff. So, hey, side note, wasn't their entire yeah. conference? And I, I read this somewhere. Like one guy came out was like, "Hey, welcome to the Sony like press conference thing. Here you go." And then it was just trailers like for an hour or something like that. And then he came out the end uh, like, "See you guys next year." I mean, that's how Bethesda was. They oh, yeah. the guy came out and said, "Hey," and they started the Bethesda Land theme stuff, and that just went. I don't. Sony was one of these conferences I didn't get to watch from the very beginning to the end i had i only watched bits and pieces of it so i'm not sure but um it wouldn't surprise me and that leads so, into a whole nother discussion about why why do we need e3 if we could just watch like a huge trailer thing on the internet but we that's a whole nother conversation for another day oh yeah we got you gotta give them a chance to just show off a little bit no I so agree. first couple things you know, starting off, we've got two big DLC or an expansions. The first one, we've got an Uncharted expansion called Lost Legacy. It's starring Claudia. I don't know who Claudia is because I haven't played all the Uncharted games, but Drew, did you play no, the one? No, with I think Claudia is like new, I think. And if, oh, if she's... I'm wrong, Uncharted people, I'm sorry, Chloe, who's the other girl, is was in uncharted 2 for a little bit uh, and she was okay, cool I mean, I mean she was like the hot chick that nathan drake was hanging out with when the other girl who i can't remember who was was not there i don't know <laughs> that's all i remember about her so if um, you're a big uncharted fan you're excited about this and it looks good i mean it looks like the same old awesome uncharted stuff you know puzzles and running around and things a lot of falling and a lot of catching yourself um the villain in it looks really interesting. the The trailer for it showed like I'm, I'm calling the villain. He he seems like the main protagonist. He he seems almost like one of these cliche video game villains. But like there's something about him that I'm like, ooh, I like this. He's 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 like 
kind of scary and suave in a weird way or whatnot. So, and the main character is really witty, kind of like Nathan Drake. So I think it'll be fun if you love that. Um, it comes out August 23rd. The other big DLC that's coming out is for Horizon Zero Dawn. It's called The Frozen Wilds. It's not really a lot about this other than there's a lot of ice and a lot of snow. And from what I understand... (laughs) Yes. From what I understand, if you've played the game, you've beat the game, however the game ends, which I haven't beat it or played it a lot, um, so no spoilers here, but how if you've beaten the game, apparently how it ends, you know, this is a logical next step going on so it continues on wherever the ending of the game left off um looks good i mean this this was one of those games that when it came out you know they showed it last year it came out the beginning of this year i was like man this might be worth getting a buying a playstation 4 and i'm still like very tempted to get one i just haven't you know pulled the trigger on that mostly because nintendo came out and went look at our console we call it the switch and here's legend of zelda and i'm like oh just my wallet can't handle it guys Oh. So those are the two big expansions or DLCs. Uh, the next big game they talked about is a game called Days Gone, and this is a huge zombie game. Um, Drew, I know you've seen it. Last year they showed Was this, this the one trailer. last year where the guy was like on the roof of like the pulpwood factory? Yes. Okay, she I remember it immediately. It was terrifying. So many zombies. A char- there's a character. Last year they showed off some gameplay of literally a guy in a sawmill running around basically in circles with a giant horde of zombies and he would just turn around and shoot and he would do all these kind of different things to trap the zombies and but these like giant horde of zombies kept chasing him until he basically got stuck and it looked really really intense so this is that again um it's got a kind of a last of us vibe just with more traditional zombies instead of the weird plant ones from the last of us um but i'll be completely honest it looked a little generic this time around to me um we get to see the main character who really looks like a daryl dixon copy from the walking dead um he's like a biker guy and he goes out and you know he's on this bike and i guess it looks kind of cool and then suddenly wolves start chasing him and you've got like a slow down motion of him pulling out a shotgun and shooting one of the wolves and i was just like this this just seems a little generic and then he has to fight some humans so there was more fighting humans in this trailer which i guess is good showing that there's that too and then you know he uses an explosion to draw a bunch of zombies so you can use like the zombies to attack the bad humans and stuff and you know, it wasn't. It, it didn't look bad. It just compared to last year's trailer, it just didn't impress me. And it looked like they were just taking the whole concept of The Walking Dead and the Daryl Dixon character was like, let's make a video game out of that. And I'm I'm over the whole zombie phase right now. A couple of the zombie yep. games coming out looks good, but I don't know. I'm just kind of over it. And well, that was so me. I think this will be one I'll pass. Yeah, that was me. Like I feel the same way. Like it, it genuinely, especially what they showed this year, just felt like Walking Dead. Which again, nothing wrong with Walking Dead. I'm just kind Some of some people that might be exactly what they want. Yeah, no, but... for sure. I just, I'm kind of over it. I, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with zombies or anything else. I just, I just feel like it's been beaten to death, come back to life, beaten to death again, and still coming back alive. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Tommy, Tommy did you, you see that? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you guys. I'm I'm zombied out, I'll be honest. I'm mm-hmm. both in in television and cinema and and in video games. I will and, say yeah. the one thing I really liked about Days Gone went from last year and this year like 
I've never seen a video game that has that many zombies on screen at a time. True. Like, that was like the impressive thing. It's just a technical thing. They've got to a point where like, and I remember Dead Rising did like a ton of zombies, but these are like these are like those fast running, rip your face off zombie it's kind like, of stuff. It's like World Wars. Yeah, where there's just yeah. mobs and just, mobs of just them. I mean, I mean, so many of them. So th- from a technical perspective, like it's cool, it's really neat. Um, but I'm just kind of zombie down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I-, I would love to play more of The Last of Us, but that's a little different. That's not like just zombie games. So, but beyond that, like yeah. But anyway, so if you're into zombies and you like Walking Dead, that might be the game for you. The next big game, um, they're doing a new Monster Hunter game. It's called Monster Hunter World. It's not coming out until next year. Um, I've never played the Monster Hunter games, so I've always wanted to. They look super, super fun. I had a friend describe it as it's like Pokemon, but instead of catching the monsters, you kill them and you make weapons out of their like corpses. And I was just like, okay, I'm totally in. So it's poaching, basically. Basically. But they're monsters. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. gonna kill you. They're gonna get you. But they're overrunning the earth, so we have to like control the population. Yes, exactly. Okay. And there's always big giants like swords and stuff that are like like cloud sword and stuff. So that's cool. I like that. So. Monster and this Hunter, is yay. this is the first Monster Hunter game that's really been. Hit, I think it's hitting all the consoles, and it's. I think at least as far as I know, like one of the first ones that's not like primarily like a like a handheld game because like I always kind of got the vibe that it was like a DS. PSV, yeah, I think uh, they tend to be on the, the handhelds or mobile games, so I think this is one of the first ones that... I, I don't think it is the first one to be on a console, but it's the first one that's been on a console in a while, and it's going to be on everything. You're right. Cool. So, this was exciting news for me. I think, Drew, I know you'll be excited about this. They are doing a Shadow of the Colossus remake. So, if you've never played Shadow of the Colossus, it was a PlayStation 2 game. Really simple premise. You're just a character. Basically, you just fight bosses. They're just like these crazy big bosses. And you just have to jump on them and climb them and try to figure out their weaknesses and stuff. And every boss is super unique. And this, from what I understand, this is a a ground-up remake. So, it's not just a remaster. They're reworking the controls, which is good because... I even remember in PlayStation 2 the controls being a little tricky. Yeah. Like I remember that horse being so hard to control. And so this is cool. I know me and Drew played it um and loved it. Like even even when I was younger and this really shouldn't have been a game I re- should have really liked at the age, but man, it was awesome and so I'm I'm super excited about this. Tommy, what's your thoughts? Oh dude, I'm I'm stoked. I, I was a little late to the game. Um I got real stoked for what is the most recent? Oh, the Last Guardian. Yes, um, dude, that game. Mm. Did you play it? Uh, I I got to I got to play a little bit at a friend's house, and I fell in love with it. And I want to, hmm. uh, I I really want to finish it. Honestly, if I get my hands on it, I would sit down and just tear through it. I, I there's something about the style of that game that just I don't know. It, it it brought me back to my childhood of of just video games and um, this I don't know. Video has a really really artistic, really awesome kind of vibe. Like the way their games look um, and, and just kind of play out have been always to me just very really beautiful. Like just there's I don't know a better word for that. Just beautiful yeah. games. Mm-hmm. And best part is we know it's going to be good because it's already been out. 
So that's always a plus. I think, I mean, Shadows of Colossus, if you've not played it, is a masterpiece of a game. And, like, I wouldn't say masterpiece on many video games, but, like, it's just, it's one of those games that's just sticks with you. It's it's really great. You should definitely, I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's that, there's this thing that happens towards the end with somebody you've been with the entire time in a cliff. Oh, Every, oh no. You know what I'm talking about, my guys? Heart. Oh, yeah. my goodness. My heart. Oh. You played to that point, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I like, forgot about that. Yeah, I, it's probably one of the saddest moments in all of video gaming. Like, um, so it's a masterpiece. I, I, if you've not played it, definitely pick it out when it comes up. Like, I would definitely, if I get a PS4, I'll pick it up because it's 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 just something special, guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah, super excited about Shadow of the Colossus. Next up, we've got Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. It's coming out September nineteenth, and um, I played Marvel vs. Capcom three. I believe was the last one they did. And as far as fighting games go, this is one like they're fun. They're a little more fast paced. You've got th- you pick three characters and you can kind of use them to tag team and jump in and out. And so, you know, I don't think much is going to change from the traditional Marvel vs. Capcom. It'll just be another one. And I think the first one we're getting on this gen consoles. So. If you like those characters, it's definitely worth a pickup or or to check out. You have any thoughts on that? I'm terrible at fighting games. My wife <laughs> bought me Marvel vs. Capcom three for Christmas one year, like after it came out, and she destroyed me like five oh, rounds yeah. in a row. So, so you threw it in the trash. So I threw it in the trash and <laughs> never looked back. Oh, yeah, they're fun. They're fast paced. You know, I would never get online because I would get dominated in three seconds, but. You know, just for casual play, they're fun. Um, the next one is, you know, Call of Duty. The new one is World Back to World War II. It comes out November 3rd. Um, not really much to talk about this other than they're going back to their roots. Um, I know we're all kind of, you know, over Call of Duty. We haven't really played. I don't think I played the last two. Um, yeah, I own all of them. <laughs> Matt's like oh, we, none of us have been playing Tommy's like I've been playing them in the background for years I mean, don't, don't get me wrong I, I played I played Advanced Warfare and you know the stories are always fun to play and I enjoyed the Advanced Warfare it was a little bit fun but when Titanfall 2 came out I was like this does it way better and there's just the one that came out after that I don't even know what it was called and it was just I just couldn't get get into it so there's always gonna be a better game than call of duty but call of duty will always be a game that you can you can count on it, it it's always consistent i mean if nothing else it's consistent you'll be consistently beaten by an eight-year-old absolutely every uh, time well you know i mean it's call of duty you're right i i i was really excited that black ops um, which was the one I played a ton of in college. I was excited it, be- it became backwards compatible, so I've played it a little bit on my Xbox. Um, I think they just made Black Ops 2 backwards compatible, so I'd actually love to go play some of that because I, I also know that. the three of us played a lot of both of those. Um, But I don't know if I'll get it just because I kind of want to rent it just to play the campaign because I I, enjoy, I always enjoy the campaigns, and I remember playing the original Call of Duties that were always World War II. So I kind of want to play it just to be able to play the story and, and experience the World War II again. But we'll see. There's a lot of other good games coming out that I'd probably get instead. Yeah, I, I'll tell you that I'm not going to buy the game. 
And then about <laughs> two and a half weeks after it's dropped, I'm going to cave and be like, you know what? I'm going to play some Call of Duty. I'm I will say this. They're always, they're always good. Like The reason I still got as many as I did was because they always come out like later in the year. And it's always a good like, oh, what do you need? What What's something else I can put? you can put on your Christmas list? It's like, ah, you can get me the new Call of Duty, I guess. And you get it. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot I got asked about that. I guess I'll play that some. So that's Call of Duty. If you know what it is, if you've, if you like Call of Duty, I'm sure you know way more about it than we could tell you on this podcast. So we'll move on. Um, they surprisingly didn't talk about Destiny Two very much. They just had a new trailer of Gary, I mean Gall, the main bad guy, <laughs> um, you know, doing a voiceover and kicking a Spartan, kicking a Titan uh, Guardian off the top of a tower and um see what he doesn't know it, is that's not a big deal because at this point in time there's like a mountain of bodies that he just, he just felt like five feet because people just keep always jump off the tower i mean it's fine it's mm-hmm, not a big deal mm-hmm. but anyway so we're all we're excited about titan uh yeah, titanfall destiny 2 um but not a lot of new information because they did their live stream about a month ago and showed a lot of stuff off so i'm just surprised they didn't show more off but uh there's gonna be a lot of sony exclusives for that game which um we're not big fans of because we play on xbox but that's whatever you know uh vr stuff lots of lots of vr um for sony for the playstation vr uh the biggest one is sony uh, skyrim vr Drew mentioned it earlier. We're getting the full game in VR on PlayStation. I assume, I believe, we'll be getting it on PC as well. But we know one hundred percent that we're getting it on PlayStation VR. Um, some other games: a game called Star Child, a game called The Impatient, uh, another game called Polyarch. I didn't see a lot about these that jumped out to impress me. And Final Fantasy Fifteen fishing game, which is just weird and i don't understand but you know sometimes weird works so maybe it's good i don't it know it sounds like one of those games that they used to include with magazines that <laughs> the buy that came in it the plastic does. that is what it sounds oh. like it's funny i mentioned I a friend who who is like a huge final fantasy fan um at work today about them doing this in vr and he's like he was like, that's so dumb. The fishing in Final Fantasy XV is not even good. That was his reaction. But like you said, weird sometimes works. So who knows? It's, yeah. So moving on, um, one of their biggest games uh, is a new God of War game. And it's just God of War because it's kind of a soft reboot. Um, Drew, I know you were asked me because you you mentioned something and you're we like, Art, wait, I'm confused. Is God of War going to be fighting the norse gods now and i have said well yeah because in between god of war one two and three and the prequel one they did kratos has pretty much killed all the gods all the greek gods so they don't have any uh, any more enemies for him to fight i'm even pretty sure he killed all the titans like the ones like that creep came before the gods in those other games so um i'm actually I've never been super like the God of War games look fun. They're usually more of a almost a top down view where it's just hack and slash and just chaos and like crazy gore and stuff. And I mean, it's awesome. But like this is kind of going to be different. It's going to be it's more of over the over the shoulder third person view. It's a little bit different. Still hack and slash. Um, We've got an older Kratos who has a kid, 
um, which I think is going to be interesting because we're going to get to see an interesting dynamic from this character that in the other games was literally just a killing machine and just like looking for revenge and stuff like that. And um, it looks amazing. Like it's, it's visually stunning. And one nice thing about this is since it's, you know, they're going the more Norse mythology side since they're pretty much done everything with the Greek stuff, it's almost kind of like a soft reboot which I'm down for because, you know, I, I don't have the time to go back and play all of the other God of War games, but I'd like to play this one. So this might be something, you know, might be another good game to make you get a PlayStation 4 because it looks really good. It doesn't come out until next year, though, so, you know, gives me time to save up a little bit and get it. I got, I got to say, God of War has always had really good, like, commercials. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorite commercials was I think it was for God of War three, um, where Kratos is running up to a child and the child just like dissolves in his arms. Um, I, if I'm remembering it correctly, kind of remind me of the scene from Shutter Island. Um, oh, that's a they've good always. Movie. Oh, I know. Yeah, Martin Scorsese. Um, so, mm-hmm. anyways, random side note. No, yeah. So it looks really good. If you never played them, go watch the trailer. It looks great. Um, another game before the biggest game, I think, is a game called just Detroit Becoming Human. Now, last year they showed a trailer for this, and it's about robots, and they use these like cyborgs to for like hostage hostage negotiations. And when they showed the trailer last year, it looked like you'd be playing the cyborg, and you go in, and you're trying to like you're making all these little decisions that can vary the story majorly and like it looked super super interesting and i thought it was looked good but then this trailer looked more like this whole cyborg revolution of them like taking back control and like fighting against the humans and stuff and it looks it looks like a completely different game and to me it looked like they were trying a little too hard to to be something else and i don't know if how much of that other how much of they showed last year is still in the game or how much of it they've changed to being this like oh these cyborgs are becoming self-aware and taking and rising up against the humans and blah 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 so i i don't know i i i'm way less interested in it after seeing this year's trailer on it any thoughts i don't understand why it's named detroit i guess that's where it's based in i'm assuming it's in detroit yeah I don't know. Maybe cool. there's more to it, but it could be as simple as it's in Detroit. Yeah, there we go. So, you and then the like last... GMC like robots, Ford robots. <laughs> no, I do know they have this like little circle on the side of their head. That's like a looks like a power switch. Like sure, some don't power, have like the little Chevy like bow tie movies. they click. I don't know. <laughs> I'd, love to, I'd love to think a couple of them are AMC and they just constantly break down <laughs> throughout the game. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that, that works. So, and then the very last game that they announced, which is the one I'm most excited about, is the new Spider-Man game, which sadly is only going to be a PlayStation exclusive, but holy crap, it looks amazing, we got some gameplay, it kind of has that Arkham style um, uh, fighting but you you also you know you're spider-man so you know you can swing around a little bit more than batman could in those arkham games and it looks like at least from the gameplay it looks like there's a lot like all of the environment can be used during the fighting and stuff um there's a in this trailer there was a lot of quick time events 
but like it, they were just really showing off the game i think for that and i don't obviously the game's going to have a lot more than just that but there were a lot of quick time events um the game trailer was like eight minutes long and was super super high action really good looked smooth um they've spider-man games have been hit or miss i remember there being one on the playstation 2 a while way back in the day it may have been spider-man 2 that was super super good but since then i don't think there's been a really good spider-man game um i remember somebody commenting that it's weird that they that back in the playstation 2 they've got the web swinging down so well in a game from playstation 2 and there hasn't been one that's been as good since then um so it i it i talk i keep talking about these games that make me want to get a playstation 4 but this legitimately might be the one that make that breaks me and makes me buy a playstation 4 just to play this game because it looks so good and it's also made by insomniac studios which they made sunset overdrive which is one of the funnest games i've played in the last couple years and oh if, if you've never played it it's it's like 20 bucks on the xbox store now because it's been out a couple years and it's so much fun so i I've been talking about it a lot, but I, I'm super excited. <laughs> what, what, are, what do y'all think? I mean, I, I'm stoked. I'm with you, Matt. I think the last Spider-Man game that I played was Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation 2 way back in the day. And it was awesome. It was, it was fantastic. And I think there was uh, around the, I think the last Spider-Man game had me intrigued, but nothing, uh, I don't know. Nothing nothing as exciting as that eight minutes that we watched. And I think it gave you just enough of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also kind of, you know, you talked a little bit about Arkham City, but it actually made me think of um, uh, Watch Dogs. Yeah, it kind of had that okay, vibe. Yeah. I could see that. It The look of, because I think because it's in a city and the like cover and everything, it looked a lot like watchdogs like the city i will agree with that um i think i just instantly compare any of that like multiple enemy jumping down and fighting and doing different stuff to like arkham i think that's just my go-to comparison game what about you drew it looks good like i'm with you like it could be one of those games that we could actually i could actually like see myself getting a playstation 4 I, i i think it's interesting i was the developers were talking about how you can't kill anybody in the game. So say you accidentally th- punch a guy off a skyscraper, like he'll have an animation of like web slinging him back in on like to something or uh, yeah. catching him. I did notice that you kick a guy huh. off like a ledge and you instantly like before he gets too far, you like shoot a web that like sticks to him and like sticks to the ground and just holds him over the yeah. edge or what. And I think that's really interesting. Like um, they were talking about how that they wanted to make a Spider-Man game that was true to spider-man he's not just gonna let anyone die that's cool um i tell you i i didn't realize insomniac was behind it they did such cool stuff with motion like with movement controls in sunset overdrive like it was one of the funnest games i've ever played just to run around the map because like you had so many cool ways of just getting around by movement um and i could see that in this few minutes so i think it's interesting you know good spider-man game the only thing that bugs me is i don't like the white spider on his chest i don't know why like that's just a see see i really me, like but... the suit design because like it's very different from any other suit spider-man suit and so i like that the the white is it's like a big white spider-man logo but then he's also got white on the knuckles and like 
in the game there's a close-up and it looks like carbon fiber so it looks like reinforced like armor pieces and i, I think it looks really no, it, neat. it's cool and i know i think timeline wise peter just graduates college so he's a little older so i mean that makes sense he's not a high school kid mm-hmm. anymore in this game so it's pretty right. neat oh side note i really thought was it miles morris how, how do you say his last name oh yes yes okay so I, i'm glad you mentioned that i forgot to bring that up um so at the very end the shows this trailer um i think there's something else that happened maybe somebody comes out and talks or whatnot but then the screen comes back up and it shows the like the trailer ends with a with a um helicopter being strung up in spider webs and then at the very end there's like a post credit of that and you see a bunch of people taking pictures and there's one kid taking a picture of it and you see over his shoulder and then you hear somebody yell hurry up miles let's go it's over and you he turns and this this kid this black young black kid and it's miles morales who in the comics is a second spider-man and he's a super super popular character and so they basically confirm that he'll be in the game so that'll be super cool um i know in the comics they've kind of at at one point he was he became the spider-man of a separate universe but now they've combined those so now spider-man in the comics is older kind of like how he is in this game um and miles is younger he's like i think he's like 13 or 14 in the game he might be a little older than that but um so he and the comics right now is a little more like the traditional spider-man young you know not really knowing stuff a little more brash and making jokes and then you've got peter as the other spider-man who's older and kind of become a mentor to him and stuff so i'm super excited to see if they're what they'll do with that in the game yeah it's gonna be fun well, that's it for the Sony show, everything that happened there and all our thoughts on it. Uh, this episode's getting a little bit longer, so we've decided to uh, wait and talk about Nintendo for another episode. So we will end up having a part three, which will be strictly us talking about the Nintendo conference, which you got to come back for because Nintendo brought some really cool stuff out. So now Drew's going to intro our final section. Ladies and gentlemen, as we wrap up today, we are going to be talking about what we have been spending a lot of our time on. What are we binging this week? Tommy, will you start us off? What you been been watching, boy? Um, so I've been watching uh, Orange is the New Black. You would make it sound ghetto. <laughs> I have been watching. <laughs> is that good? Tell I- me about it. It's a it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, it kind of like I don't know. It's episode by episode. Uh, I thought the newest season was kind of meh overall. The first episode was super insensitive, uh, in my opinion, because they kind of casually um, they they referenced a large amount of like shootings. Um, kind of offhandedly and tried to make light using them. I don't know. I just it rubbed me the wrong way, and and so that that kind of disappointed me. Um, I mean, as a whole, the season's okay. It's definitely not for young, not kids. family like, friendly. Yeah, it is not family friendly. It's not safe for work. Um, you know, it's uh, but if you're into raunchy is a weird word to use but i guess it's appropriate here because it's about women in prison and they literally don't hold anything back so if you're into watching raunchy shows um you know it's it can be fun there's a couple characters in there that i think have been really well developed and kind of intrigued me a little bit 
Um, but as a whole, it's just one of those. It's just one of those TV shows that I'll watch because it's there. The moment it gets canceled or they stop making it, I'm not going to care. Mm-hmm. I get that. What about you, Drew? What have you been watching? <sighs> to be honest, I've just been playing Zelda and Mass Effect. I'm trying to finish Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, I've been playing a lot of Battlegrounds. To be honest, not been watching a lot of TV. Uh, we've been we've been been watching like movies here lately. I watched Suicide Squad again. I like Suicide Squad, by the way. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I like it. It's it's not bad. It's not could be worse. Mm-hmm. So I'm just all over the place right now. I don't have one thing that's dedicating my time to a lot besides yard work. Mulch, <laughs> mulch is taking over most of my time right now. Nice. Well, as for me, I've been really excited because all these shows that I used to watch on Hulu and stuff are now coming on Netflix. So I finished Flash, loved it. Season three was great. Um, Instead of starting Arrow season four, I actually started watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again. Um, because this most recent season I started and it was on Hulu because I I wanted to watch it because, well, to be honest, I never watched Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it started out with pretty poor reviews, but then with this new season, um, Ghost, they were introducing Ghost Rider and I was like, heck yeah. So I decided to watch it and there's a point in the first season and it's like 10 episodes in it's, it takes a little while to get there, but there's a turning point in the first season where it just gets way more interesting and I really get got involved into it, and so I watched the first couple seasons. And so when the new season came out, I was watching it because Ghost Rider, the Ghost Rider stuff was really really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and they kind of wrapped that arc up and kind of went into a new arc, which is you know so like they've kind of had these little mini arcs this season. And the new arc just didn't seem that interesting to me, and so I missed a couple episodes. And then Hulu does the thing where if it's newer stuff they won't keep the whole season up for some shows. So I got behind, but now I started off from where I left off. And like, once I got into that second arc, it's way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. And so I've watched like four episodes this past week and been really, really enjoying it and looking forward to finishing that. So that's what I've been spending a lot of time on besides, you know, battlegrounds and stuff. So, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was one of those shows that I, I remember getting excited about it, watching like the very first episode of it and being like, eh. And then later on, I went back and started watching it again. And it really does pick up and get a lot better. Like as the seasons go and, uh, mm-hmm. the ghost Rider stuff was done really well. Like for it to be like this kind of supernatural out of left field kind of thing. Uh, I thought they handled it really well and the effects were not too crazy and over the top and, which is done really well. Like Agents of Shield, definitely worth watching if you need to jump into something. I think. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So that's what we've been spending our time on. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, if you missed part one of the E3 episode, go check that out, and uh, we'll see you next time. This is the Valkyrie Cast. Pew.